0: We got to figure out a name 12. for this thing, because we're really starting to hit the point where it's getting ridiculous to not have the name in the intro, but we will sort that out later. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: welcome back to the podcast where we talk about albums.
0: Yeah, I think that works. That's that's distinct enough. Yes. So uh, we can jump Let's just call in. it music. Yeah. No, I think that will probably... Make it stand out on all of the uh, the Spotify, Apple Music type apps. It's already in the name of the app. We're, we're good. It's built-in marketing.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Music Podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, just the one. So before we get into the albums this week, um, you know, we can talk about what you've been listening to recently. But I think it'd be kind of interesting if we talk about Spotify Wrapped, which just came out. Anything yeah. interesting come out for you on your Spotify Wrapped you want to talk about? Um, I have some kind of some thoughts on on what my year looked like. The
1: interesting thing is, I don't think, or at least to me, it didn't seem as though I would listen to any more or less heavy hardcore music you, know, or metal than last year, but none of it was reflected in my rap. There's no songs uh, on because in years past, I had, you know when I first got into it again in college, like I would have a Beartooth song show up or you know, like a uh, stitch by uh, Wage War was a big one. that It was. It would be a bunch of rap music on my top 100 songs and then Stitch because I listened to that a bunch. But this year I didn't have any that showed up. Which is kind of concerning. Especially given the, the premise of this podcast we're doing.
0: Well Yeah, I'm just curious if, uh, if you find yourself listening to more music than you have in the past. Because I, I think this year I listened to more music than I have previously. Uh, just because when I was working that janitor job I would have headphones in the entire time. So mm-hmm. I think that made it harder for things to kind of get into the top 100. Yeah. So I don't know if you kind of ran into that or not. Um,
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I uh, I started that job. And so I, when I'm at work, I'm I'm listening to music on Spotify a
0: lot. Yeah. So. Not for sure. Uh, I don't know about you, but for me, it, it felt like my – um, my top two hundred, more so than it usually is. It felt like it was just like a collection of albums. Like there's a lot of albums that are almost entirely represented on my top one hundred. Oh, really? Yeah. Like um, I think I have literally every single song off of the Alpha Wolf album that came out this year. Wow. Like yeah. To that much, huh? Well, I, I liked it, but it was more so just that like because I'm listening to music for such a long amount of time. I'm either, you know, I listen to music usually right. when I'm at work, and if I'm driving to work, I'll just do podcasts. So when I'm listening to stuff, I'm just listening to the whole album. I gotcha. You know I mean? Is yeah. that how
1: you typically consume music, like, just historically? Like, is that how you've just kind of gone about music a lot of the time, or do you... If Because I listen to a lot of playlists, too, that, like, selects
0: I songs. never listen to playlists, almost ever, which is, hmm. I think, very out of the ordinary. I, I don't go album all the time. I go album if I'm, like, at work and I'm just, like, trying to put something on for, for static or whatever. Mm. Uh, if I'm, like, driving or if I'm just, like, wanting to listen to, music, to listen to music, I'll just have songs in my mind and I'll just cue them up. So I'll just queue up, like, 12 songs and then... So it's basically, like, I just I just make a playlist for one time and then I delete it. But it's just me adding shit I to the you. queue. I got you. Um, okay.
1: And when you are making playlists, are you dumping whole albums into playlists? No. If
0: I do make a playlist, I, I change it up. But usually, I make playlists with like dumb gimmicks. Okay. What's your, what's your dumbest playlist? Um. Our friend Kellen asked me to make him a couple playlists just to kind of get an idea of what I would have been listening to lately. So I made him one called Minimal Screaming. <laughs> and then I made him one called Measurably More Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, um I used to have like progressively heavier playlists with the idea being that like it would be the playlist I could play in the car with people in the car depending on who was in the car, but I just got too much to manage
1: the dumbest the dumbest playlist I have is the one that you called me out on the the rock classic rock deep cuts and it has one song <laughs> and that one... and now I can't now I can't change it and that one. Because... and
0: that one song is. <laughs> <laughs> that it's, it's
1: The Wizard by Black Sabbath.
0: That's it. Yeah. That's every deep cut that has ever existed. Right. Well, I, I just, I wanted to
1: start the premise of the, of the <laughs> playlist. So I added it, you know, like I created the playlist when I added the song and I, I with the plan of adding more later, but then you called my ass out. And you were like, what the fuck is this? And now I feel obligated to never add more to that
0: playlist. Yeah. You do have like a playlist of Eurobeat, which I think is surprising, but Yeah, the playlist called Eurobeat that I like. <laughs> yeah. Well it's like I have a playlist that's just called Songs That I think Kevin might appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> Not even like, just like eh, eh. <laughs> Yeah. Eh, eh, yeah. Okay. So anything else like kinda jump out at you from this from from the rap? I think this was the year More than any of the Spotify... Because this is like the fourth, fifth one I think I've had since Mm -hmm. I've had Spotify. I think this is the first year where I am genuinely not surprised by anything in the top, like half of it.
1: What I was very surprised about is that I listen to more minutes of podcasts than I listen to music.
0: I was worried about that um, because I did do a lot of podcasts at my last job, but I think I came out around even. Um, Yeah. I was worried because there was a podcast that I started listening to this year that I got caught up on, and that's just like a shit ton of hours to, to get through. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. I, I consistently listen to Critical Role, and then I also listen to Joe Rogan, and then I started listening to this podcast called Morbid.
0: Damn, dude. You are really uh, just going to tell on yourself like that? Yeah. Really just going to broadcast that to the world that you're into Critical Role and Joe Rogan? Yeah. Damn, dude. That's, that's who I am. That's tough.
1: I don't think that's tough.
0: It's tough. It's not, I would love it's not tough, because it's not, not all you have, but just, like, if you met a guy who's like, yeah, I'm just, like, really into Critical Role and Joe Rogan, and you're like, oh, what else? You're like, I'd, that's it. Then that's concerning.
1: i ask him to get a vanilla porter with me.
0: And he would say, ah, oh, no, I'm good. I'm really fucked up on CBD right now. <laughs>
1: Dude, if Joe had Matt Mercer on his podcast, I think my brain would explode.
0: I'm amazed he hasn't done it already, because I, like I feel like he would do it, and he just would keep trying to relate shit to MMA
1: yeah
0: <laughs> it'd so be like this, fucking insufferable. this Dungeons and
1: Dragons thing like it's like a board game right,
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah no, it, he did think... He it'd be like four hours and he just would still not get it at all
1: Matt Mercer is kind of a bit uh he, he first of all he's like woke as fuck and very progressive and I think he would refuse to go on Joe's podcast for the sake of it being problematic
0: yeah but
1: which like, whatever.
0: I don't know. I'm not. I don't really know anything about Matt Mercer other than he DM well apparently. He DM. That's all I got. That's was my one thing, and I refuse to learn a second. <laughs> what, what do you say we get after it? Do you want to start with yeah. uh, Do you want to start with the merch brand turned melodic hardcore band or Travi Patty? <laughs> Tra-
1: um uh, let's start with uh county parts.
0: Alright. I feel like we've been starting with the heavy album every time, but you know what? Consistency is worth something. So Yeah. I haven't talked to you about your opinion on this album, but I have been I've been poking my head at looking at what you're you listen to on Spotify. And I get the impression that you like the album. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just have any general thoughts? Uh I can talk about this album for forever. So I want to have you kind of lead this one. Okay.
1: Yeah, so I don't know a lot of like the the more nuance, like like more uh you know, knowledge around the songs or, you know, kind of like the knowledge around the concept or what was going on in the band's life like lives while this was recorded. But that being said, I think this was a good introduction to Counterparts sound. And that's what I took away most from the album. It's like they sound very good. And I like what they do with their instruments and their voices. His voice. Is there <laughs> which one does the clean? Uh, which one does the It's all the Brennan. Clean? It's all Brennan. Oh, it's all Brennan. Okay.
0: okay. They uh um, their guitar player Alex rejoined the band for this album, kind of. Oh. They have like they kind of had that thing where they had a couple of guitar players leave, but they still would help write. They just wouldn't, like, be in music videos or tour. Yeah. Um, and Alex did some of the cleans on their older albums. But they, they've they never had... This is honestly, like, the album that I think has the most clean choruses.
1: Yeah. Um, I really liked Wings of Nightmares, which was a single, right?
0: Yeah, it was a lead single.
1: Yeah, it was a lead single. Um. I mean, I think lo- that love,
0: love Me going into Wings of Nightmares is awesome. I think Love Me is like just the best intro fucking ever. It's there's re- a lot it's of like, insane. there's a
1: certain cadence that they have to this album as you're going through it of like kind of like a fade in to, you know, rocking your ears with a new, like, new song that comes in heavy, you know, as, a, as one song fades out and kind of relaxes. Then they'll come back in and like punch you in the throat. With a, uh, with louder or like heavier stuff, and it kind of does this like dance of going from soft to heavy to soft to heavy, which I liked.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean that's that's kind of named the game a lot of hardcore style. Uh, just kind of having that that space while still having those those really heavy hitting parts. Right. Um, but also, I think you'll notice like if you if you compare this to something like a Kublai Khan or a Gideon or a Knock mm-hmm. Loose like. You know, and I'm not even going to get into the whole whether or not those bands are hardcore thing. But you look at something like Counterparts, there's there's always something else going on when the band is being heavy. There's always kind of something else you can pick out, whether it be lyrically or just like the guitars having some kind of a melody or or harmonization.
1: That's one thing I really liked is like the the guitars, like the sound of the guitar, first of all, like the timbre of however they tune it sounds very good. But they're always like doing something with, like, some little, like, frill or something like that, if that makes sense, that I can pick yeah. out that's really nice. Yeah. Um, second question that I have written down <laughs> when I was going through the album. Wait, what was the is... first question? Oh, the, well, it, I guess it's the first question, second point. Okay. The first, the first point was to say about the, the ebb and flow thing. Yeah. Like the back and forth, back and forth of, like, melodic to heavy. Um, first question, second point. Are the symbols okay? <laughs> like, will they survive? So, like, are they, are okay. They
0: good? So you've brought up the production, and you've brought up the drums, so now I kind of need to go off on a fucking tangent, but... Okay, yeah, go ahead. So the production of this album's amazing. It sounds like God. It's incredible. It is produced by a guy named Will Putney. He produces... Okay. Um, he, he's in a band called Fit for an Autopsy, and he's also in End. Oh. Okay. which is a side project with Brendan from Counterparts, funnily enough. Nice. But Will Putney's one of those guys that is... Like, anytime you hear a record that's heavy, you're like, this sounds fucking sick. It's Will Putney. Like, he's just one of oh, the okay. absolute fucking best. Like, um, he does the body count stuff with Ice-T. Like, he produces those records. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he's, like, hung out with Ice-T and, like, just, like... Hung out and like listened to metal vinyl with iced tea just because they're boys now. It's ridiculous. Is
1: this like the, is this like the dark matter version of Justin Vernon?
0: <laughs> Not quite, because I think okay. Justin Vernon is. I think Justin Vernon's like a producer to serve kind of his own creativity. Yeah, I feel like he's. I feel like Justin Vernon's bony fair first. Yeah, and Will Will doesn't tour with it for an autopsy because he's very much like in the producer's shoes.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: But, I mean, like he did the Knock Loose record, he does all the counterpart stuff, he does all the Straight From The Path stuff, all the Fit For an Autopsy stuff, a lot of the Thy Art Is Murder stuff. Like,
1: What would happen if him and Kenny Beats got together?
0: <laughs> I think it could actually probably be pretty cool, because Kenny Beats yeah. did that Trash Talk album, so like, Kenny Beats yeah. is definitely, I think, there, there's more crossover there than what you Whoa, would expect. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it sounds amazing. Wolf Punt needs a I was expecting,
1: monster. in that Trash Talk album, I was expecting that tagline at some point. I yeah, I it.
0: yeah it's, it's unfortunate. It would've been hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, you bring up um, the, you bring up the drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle Brownley is a fucking robot to the point that it's like hilarious. So yeah. <laughs> did you ever get really into guitar hero or rock band?
1: Uh, no, but for the sake of this conversation, let's say I did, because I, I I was exposed to it. I know of it.
0: Yeah, be like you know how it works, right? You ever try to play yeah. rock band drums? Yeah. Yeah. So, Rock Band Drums, the number one rated Rock Band Drum player on the planet is Kyle Brownlee of Counterparts. You're kidding me. He is mathematically the best at Rock Band Drums in human existence, and he will never be dethroned. The way that, like, the algorithm works for calculating the leaderboard, he is, like, mathematically cannot be dethroned.
1: Maxed it out.
0: So, going from that to playing regular drums, it means that, A, he's a fucking monster. Not that, yeah. not that that necessarily transfers, but just... Coincidentally. Right, but also just, like, if you're willing to get that good at rock band drums... Right. He's willing to get very good at regular drums. It, it means that he hits hard as shit all the time, and he hits very accurately. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast with the producer, Will, talking about working with Kyle on the drums... And yeah. he said that like I don't know if this is true or not. He said that Kyle can like sight read a MIDI file, which is absurd. Like they would like That's program wild. the drums to work on the songs, and he could just like learn it by by slowly playing along to the MIDI, and then you would have it after like one take. It was ridiculous. Oh my God. Yeah. What? Dude, it's it is fucked up. It's honestly disgusting.
1: <laughs> That's amazing though. That's the, see, this is the type of stuff that I, I would never know, and I and I really appreciate it
0: yeah dude it's ridiculous i
1: his name is kyle brownlee
0: yeah kyle brownlee
1: kyle brownlee okay
0: and yeah he he's fucking ridiculous um and also yeah it's insane he's also relatively new to the band he's only been in the band genuinely for the last two albums okay um but yeah now the drumming throughout this thing is ridiculous it's all super punchy it's all just produced super super well um it definitely carries a lot of the moments, I think. But do you have another okay. comment written down? Um,
1: No, no, those are my two. <laughs> uh, other than, I- I'll say this. Um, my favorite song on the album was Separate Wounds.
0: Yeah, Separate Wounds um, is awesome. That was the one that like got me to pre-order the album. Oh, really? Yeah, I liked Wings of Nightmares a lot, but that one felt more... Was that like the
1: second single?
0: Yeah, Wings of Nightmares was the first one, and it felt more like... Uh, not in a bad way but it just it was more in line with the previous album and then separate wounds came out and I was like oh shit like they're yeah this is gonna be definitely something to 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 be excited for um
1: what's interesting is their lyrics like their lyrics are like their lyricism and how they write this is extremely vivid and like poetic you know what I mean like i I don't know if it's a universal theme in like, because I know for certain it's not in hardcore. Like, if you're you're talking like exclusive hardcore, like textbook definition of hardcore, I feel like the lyrics are not. No,
0: it's definitely not as like, prioritized as. <laughs> well, they're prioritized, but it's like you look at like traditional like hardcore energy. lyrics. Yeah, but our hardcore lyrics are more like fuck the government, cops can suck my dick, right? <laughs> like fuck institutional right. racism. You know, whereas... They're they're certainly
1: not talking about the, like, interpersonal relationships, you know? Yeah,
0: keep your distance from the flowers that will decorate my corpse. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, ridiculous, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is just so drenched in imagery, and it's... Like, you can pick out any line of any song, and it's just super vivid, and... Right. I will
1: chew through the bone in my desire to be free.
0: Yeah, like just fucking. I like I for I had notes for each of these songs, and most of it's just like I picked one line, right? You know, it's it just there's so What's many. the line you picked for separate wounds? For separate wounds, um, mm-hmm. just not meant to mend two different kinds of broken.
1: Yeah, that's dude. Like this song, separate wounds, is kind of reminded me of previous relationships I've had in the past. Um. You know, obviously, like the the chorus, part of the chorus being not meant to mend a different breed of broken. I like that. Yeah, building the um, cure
0: out of the suffering itself. Yeah. Or pulling <laughs> the cure.
1: Yeah. Um, but then you know, and then the the stuff during the breakdown, like our leap of faith will lead us on a, to a bed of blades. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's all super like emotional and like. I don't know introspective, which I feel like hardcore is not introspective. It's very like ex- uh, assertive and very like. It's like, like it's observational,
0: said, kind of like, but it's yeah, it's a lot of time. Yeah, it's societal or it's.
1: Right, yeah. it's it's about putting into words frustrations and feelings about a certain things. So it is political. It does have substance and depth, but it's not like this is how I feel about myself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah and you dig into the whole
0: story. like kind of counterparts ethos and that's something that is very a, very present and it's definitely like a through line um, the song I mean and I'll get to it we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the closer but the closer yeah. the lyrics there have a lot of context that can be lifted from the closer in the last album mm-hmm. um or actually I think it might be it might be ocean of another that I'm thinking of but the point is that there's, there's things that kind of get referenced with other songs and there's like always kind of like these fun little Easter eggs just with like word choices and things like that it's there's a lot going on lyrically I think it all just works tremendously well um and I I think it's made even better by the fact that like Brendan Murphy is an incredibly nice guy when I've had the chance to meet him he's been phenomenal and he's also the funniest goddamn person I follow on Twitter he is hilarious (laughs)
1: yeah yeah but he's, uh, but similar to how like funny people can be like, empty inside. It is, it's, it's apparent that he's not not empty inside, but like very, very in touch with his flaws. Maybe is a good way to put it. Yeah, I, if he's I think the one writing it.
0: I think it's partly that. I think it's also partly just that like he he's gotten it out. You know. Yeah. You can tell that writing is very cathartic, and that it it does kind of make a difference because then he's able to kind of go on and and just have so much fun when you see them play live and not, not not have to bring that kind of brooding and self-pity to the live performance when they're playing live it's just a blast everyone like, knows all the words it's just it's it's such an insanely fun time and i just right. love that they're able to kind of have those two sides
1: nothing left to love is very suicidal
0: yeah um <laughs> So, okay, so we can talk about Nothing Left to Love, but I feel like I want to talk about Ocean of Another first. Okay, okay. being Being the song that goes into it. And it's interesting. So if, if you kind of trace from, the, like, the last three albums. So they had an album called Tragedy Will Find Us. Mm-hmm. They had an album called You're Not You Anymore. And they had this album. So you got... <coughs> I'm about to... Yeah, I'm about to, about to pull out some English teacher over-analysis type okay, shit yeah, here. Okay, yeah, go but
1: ahead. No, no, this, I live for this shit. Go ahead.
0: So, you got an album called Tragedy Will Find Us. There's a okay. song on that album called Collapse. One of, like, the okay. hooks in that line is, I would love to love you if you were someone else. Hmm. So then you jump two years forward to the closer of the next album, You're Not You Anymore. Which already you're kind of starting to see, like, the lyrics hmm. kind of interlocking and kind of suggesting other things when you look at them as kind of parts of a whole. Mm. Um, and so you, you're kind of building that whole thing. And, and a lot of the lyrics are kind of about past relationships. I don't know exactly what happened, but I thought I read somewhere that, I mean, a lot of that album tragedy in particular is written about one specific person in that relationship. Mm. I, I thought I read that at some point he was engaged and something happened with that. I don't know, but the point is that there was definitely, like, one specific relationship that was the catalyst mm. for that album. Mm. And then you move into You're Not You Anymore, which is, like, a little bit more removed from that relationship ending. It's a little bit more introspective and generalized. Yeah, and there's more space. that You're Not You Anymore specifically kind of looking is back... Is he
1: referring to the you in that statement as himself or someone else? Both, <laughs> you know. Okay, okay.
0: But... To, to have that amount of space to be able to do that, I think, is interesting. That mm. You look at the, the album Tragedy, and it's much more in the moment, especially a song like Choke. Especially right. a song like Choke being in the <laughs> moment and just kind of being frustrated and feeling empty and broken. And there is a lot of introspection on that album, but I think it's a much more balanced perspective when you move on to You Are Not You anymore.
1: Okay.
0: So that brings us to Ocean of Another on Nothing Left to Love, which is actually written about his current significant other. And I don't know if you kind of picked up on this. I didn't until I looked into the lyrics more, but Ocean of Another is surprisingly positive. I mean, it's uh, got a lot more words of affection. You can tell that it's very much like from a position of being thankful that he's found this new person. I mean, I, I think the line that always sticks out to me is... Yeah, the, the scars that you keep secret... That's the one I
1: was looking at. ...were placed yeah, upon that's... my
0: limbs, and I would fill them in with my flesh if I could.
1: Yeah, say that again. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Say it again.
0: The scars that you keep secret were placed upon my limbs, and I would fill them in with my flesh if I could.
1: It, yeah, it, that, it, that's, the one, that's my takeaway from this song, too. I was like, damn, man. Like, this is...
0: Yeah. Because
1: it's almost like, you know, if you get together with a person who you recognize as damaged, a lot of people... Are damaged themselves want to like fix, you know, yeah. And so that kind of like makes me think that if he had like a kind of like speckled past of of hurt and heartbreak and you know introspection and feeling broken, um, finding somebody who is understandably broken but similar to the other song, a different breed of broken,
0: yeah. fixing
1: it might be a reaction you know and so like i don't know there's a lot of people that are like you know if i i am no stranger to pain if i could harbor your pain for you i would
0: yeah no exactly and moving further into the song we have we have kind of a another kind of um very heavy very sincere kind of declaration of of admiration um I mentioned that song, You're Not You Anymore, off the last album. Mm-hmm. There's a lyric in that song, aim your sharpest arrow at the center of my chest, a memorial mm-hmm. to signify the sense of helplessness. Um, which means more in the context of that song. But then you jump to, to this song on the new album. And one of the verses starts with, pull the nameless arrow from my chest and exchange it with your own. Wow, dude. So to have that connection and to kind of have, you know have, like, this this admission that he's leaning on this other person and that, right. you know, the, the kind of the gratefulness of having someone else to kind of confide in. I think going from that directly into Nothing Left to Love is insanity. Like, it's such a ridiculous, heavy-hitting, super emotionally vulnerable moment. Yeah. And I think that it, I mean, I... The first time I heard this song, first time I heard Nothing Left to Love was... I think you'll get a kick out of this. So I had pre-ordered the album. I had already paid. Nor I don't I don't condone downloading leaks of albums, but I'd already paid for it and I wanted it and it had leaked the day before. So I said, you know right. what? Fuck it. I download the album and I'm listening to it and I get to Nothing Left to Love like halfway through our analytical chemistry class. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, he's going on and on about spectroscopy or whatever. And I'm like beside myself, right? Because I'm a huge counterparts fan at this point. Like I have all the context, and to get slammed like to a halt at the end of ocean of another into nothing left to love was just like
1: devastating. Yeah, de- like a next caliber because of the context. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. Did you have to like get up and leave?
0: Uh, like, no, you had, I just you had to go to the bathroom after that one. <laughs> I just Which had would to sit be a there, nightmare
1: yo. too, if you remember those the yeah arrangement. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, just trying to trying to cry like a man. Excuse me, miss. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Step on some dude's Converse.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I I think to to close the album out with kind of the sentiment that he is grateful to have this new person, but there is just still that vulnerability and still like that kind of feeling of inadequacy is. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's.
1: Yeah, that's tough. I mean. <laughs> It, it's the interesting thing is like for some reason when <laughs> this is kind of off topic and I and I don't think that he would be as easily generalized as I'm about to say but the song to me is very suicidal in a way um and he said you know did the mother of God cry for her son will my mind suffer the same before I'm gone. Like for some reason, when you're depressed and feeling, uh, in like self value issues, dude,
0: why is it so common for people to like, i talk talked to people with depression. It's always like yeah. I, I would end it, but my mom would be sad.
1: Exactly. Dude. That's the first thing that comes to my mind is like, if for some reason, like mom, like a son's anchor, is the idea of his mother being hurt you know yeah and you know that 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 makes me think of it in that line um, I, I like how I like how they set up their lyrics because like uh, like the first and second verse of this song and nothing like to love you know I, I long to run hand in hand with angels to feel the grace of shattered glass against my wrist And both of the verses start with that but then they don't end the same. Yes. So, yeah. I I just like it because it's like kind of like a mini chorus in a way, you yeah. know? Because you kind of like you kind of hear the same thing echoed and then it changes. Yeah. You know, I I just I like that.
0: Yeah, and I mean to have the song also kind of be the first time that we really have ever heard Brendan sing without there being some other kind of vocal layer mm. is just I don't know. It just kind of adds on to that whole like associating this song with that sense of vulnerability right but right because
1: in a way like that that in and of itself is a sense is like a type of vulnerability like if you're displaying to your audience you in unadulterated like unfiltered just singing versus doing like some sort of uh layering of voices or you know vocals or doing like you know he's very comfortable with his audience hearing him do screams right right but he's not comfortable with it or at least at that point maybe wasn't comfortable with just letting them hear him you know and so yeah yeah, that's another sense of vulnerability too so that's a that's a good like i don't know environmental uh thing that's added to the lyrics being like you know poetically vulnerable
0: yeah yeah Yeah, for sure. Um, Any other songs kind of stick out to you? I know Paradise and Plague is one that a lot of people point to, uh, being the third single.
1: I didn't know that was the third single. Um, I liked uh, the breakdown in Your Own Knife.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they kind of had this Um, thing with the last last three or four albums where they always have, like, one kind of shorter, throwaway, mm -hmm. fun, heavy song. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, the the interesting thing about um this album versus like other uh albums that you've had me listen to is I felt myself wanting to like go and listen to stuff that wasn't on the album in reaction to listening to this album.
0: Okay. So what you else did, what else did you get through from counterparts if you checked it out?
1: Well, I didn't do I didn't do other albums per se, but okay. I did their their recent um the singles? B-sides? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, I wanted to hear what Pure From Pain was. Because I was like, oh, that's their most recent thing. It came out this year. Like, you know, I yeah. was kind of like... When I when I listened to a Data Remembers album from 2009, was it? Yeah. I didn't go, I let me go listen to their single. I bet it's good.
0: Yeah, because I you already know? complained about it. <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> right. Have you heard...
0: So, uh, side, real quick aside, have you heard Brick Wall by a Day to Remember?
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not as good... As it, that album, <laughs> by any means,
0: it will definitely diversify their discography. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you say that. So, pure form of pain is the newest release. You know, the the two B sides, but you know, just by nature of being B sides, like they did come out of the same studio session as this album. Okay. Um, so they haven't put out anything genuinely new yet. They're pretty consistent on the whole two years thing. So hopefully, we'll be getting a new album from them next year. I know a lot of the members have been writing during quarantine, so I'm,
1: I'm I, excited uh, for that. I want to listen to White House album, <laughs> which is You're Not You Anymore. Because yeah, that album's I remember fucking you, awesome. I remember it coming out, and I remember, like, because during that time, in 2017, when it came out, yeah, like, because of the way that our schooling was set up, we were, like, hanging out heavy all the time. Yeah. And I remember, like, absorbing your reaction to that album, but just not listening to it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, I think if the timing slightly off. But, yeah. Because I got it. I, I think you were there when I found out about the album. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever. Yeah. The point is that, like, I found out about that album a little bit after it came out. And then I just got way into Counterparts. Like, yeah, you, you yeah. look at my top songs for 2019, and Counterparts is, I, I shit you not, like, a third of that playlist. Oh really? It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's awesome. No,
1: that happens a lot. I think with a lot of this music, that um, whether it be like heavy music or just any albums, or, or whether it be counterparts or any of these other like when you when you got into Sleep Token, that was like the most surreal absorption of it through vicariously through you that I had I had ever had of any other album. You were like, hey, man, you've got to listen to this.
0: Well, I browbeat I you it. because I know that you like falsettos. That was about it. <laughs>
1: right, right. I just, I think through our college career, I absorbed a love of this type of music through you. Yeah. Even if I didn't have to listen to the album, I just like yeah. knew about White House album.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and you, and you kind of look at the inverse. It's interesting, you know, because we're doing this podcast, but I kind of have that same reaction, just absorbing through osmosis. Uh, for corduroy pants, right? Because shut the use... fuck up.
1: <laughs> shut the fuck up, dude! I don't have any corduroys again. They got oh, cut no. off in the emergency no, room. No, you're whaleless. My last no, parent.
0: I'm whaleless.
1: <laughs> That's a if if our one listener understands that joke, amazing. He
0: will, because our one listener is Garrett. We know him, right? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we can we can move on from there. Uh, I could talk okay. forever about this album. I think "Cherished" is the super underrated track, but I just I just want to mm-hmm. get that out there. I I have no end to the good things I can say about this band. But fucking, let's let's jump on the G wagon, head through the drive thru Let's pick up a Travis Scott meal. What do you got cooking?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you what you thought be- about this because Travis Scott has been, you know, jettisoned to memehood now through just, you know, the, the sicko mode hit single on top of the,
0: the McDonald's deal. So there's an interesting thing that happened with that as far as like my perception of Travis Scott with the memehood thing because I was always under the impression that he was like relatively popular. You know, mid-level, and then Sicko Mode came out and he exploded. Right. I didn't realize that he was already, like, pretty fucking big before that. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I
1: think a lot of it is because of this album that I had you listen to.
0: Yeah, dude, and I I read something just because I I pulled up Genius to kind of have lyrics to reference. There's a quote from him on Genius talking about where the name of the album came from. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was about to. I was gonna ask you about that. And he's talking
0: about being in a trap creatively because he couldn't do what he wanted to do. And right. then the first thing he complains about is that it took too long for his action figure to be released. And I said, right. "What the fuck are you talking about?"
1: Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the thing? the The Batman costume. What. Dude. Dude.
0: Travis. Okay. Scott, are you on your Batman? computer? Travis Scott Batman. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, Jamie, pull that up. Yeah. <laughs> dude. dude, what? Yeah, dude. Why is it, like, maroon? Why is it not even black? I
1: don't, I think it's supposed to be, like, brown because of his skin.
0: No, I think it's because of the car color behind him. Don't make it yeah. weird.
1: And now I saw, I thought that he was supposed to am I, I, I'm, I'm not making that up. I thought it was supposed to be, like, brown because he was doing some sort of commentary.
0: I, sure, I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know, but that is fucking ridiculous. All I know is that he, to me, and maybe I'm way overstepping, but he, to me, seems like kind of a um, a perfect example of that phenomena that can happen with hip-hop, now that it's like on top of the world, where,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you start off, you're doing hip-hop because it's your creative outlet, and you're in a situation that's you know, difficult to go through and it's got all kinds of struggles and that's relatable to people. So then you get all this traction because you're, you know, you're, you're real. You're actually like kind of reporting on things that are affecting a lot of people. And then you hit a certain point of stardom where it's like, you just can't, you can't maintain being relatable because right. not everyone else, you know, has a, a child with the last name Jenner, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's hard to appeal to somebody who originally listened to your music because they saw themselves in your lyrics. Right. When the person writing the lyrics are, you know, like you said, married to a, a Jenner and, right. you know, spending millions of dollars on uh, action figures and Bat- Batman costumes.
0: Right. Which I guess all that to say, like, if I don't blame him. Fucking go for it, man. Like, you made the money fucking go nuts, right? And I'm not even... You have no... You don't owe anyone anything. I, I just think it's interesting from the fan perspective. You know? Like, at what, like how do you value it? At what point do you... Do, you know? That whole kind of thing. And, and I always think it makes the Astroworld album make more sense. Because he's not trying to be as relatable on that one. You know? Mm-hmm. And I don't even think he's trying to be relatable on this one. But I, I think Astroworld is him fully just being this huge, boisterous entertainer. Mm-hmm. And I think that is more of the cards you have to play once you hit massive, insane stardom, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know. I think that's an interesting progression. Like, I don't I don't think you can be Travis Scott from Houston right. once you hit a certain level. You just have to say, fuck it, Astroworld, and just, like, blow people's minds all the time. And I think that he's doing a better job of that now than maybe initially.
1: Right. You know what's interesting is looking on the Wikipedia page for the creditations for this album.
0: And yeah. the way
1: they list it, dude, is, like, they list it by, n- like, names. Like, the 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 writers and co-writers on songs, like Jeffrey Williams. Yeah. And then you hover over and it says, Jeffrey Lamar Williams, also known professionally as Young Thug. That is insane. You know, it's, it's so they list their actual names. So Quavius Marshall. Yeah. You know, and uh, Kendrick Duckworth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. So
1: it, it's interesting, but then they, but then they also have, and the producers they don't do that, and so you just have like Murder Beats.
0: That's hilarious. So yeah. Shane
1: Lee Lindstrom, professionally known as Murder Beats.
0: That is Murder Beats. It's fucking unreal. Do you have anything uh, kind of general about this album, or do you want to start going track by track? I mean, we, we can attack this however you want. Drugs.
1: Drugs. 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 Drugs.
0: Yep. Yeah, so uh, we can reconvene next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, so that, that kind of gets to my, I don't want to say my major complaint, but, but my major, the major thing that confused me to no extent listening to this album, is I'm listening to it, and every song, good and bad, sounds like it was just made for you to, like, have something on in the background while you break out the rolling tray. and just, right. everything Every song sounds like a song to smoke weed to. Right, yeah. Which is fine, but then I'm like, "How the hell is this the rapper that people mosh to? What is happening? Is this yeah, completely his, his different? Stage performance is this different is just... from his other stuff, or do people mosh to S.D.P. Interlude, just fucking throwing hands?
1: I mean, I think it's one of those things where, dude. I actually I have no, I have no explanation for you other than the fact that his stage persona is a little bit different than what you might just absorb if you listen to his album like you. Like, the difference between listening to, you know, Birds in the Trap sing McKnight on one listen through because you're doing a podcast versus listening to it and then going to the show that was part of the tour after this album, like, for some reason, he just brings the energy and just has, like, these insane level of yeah. uh, of you know energetic events like it's yeah but I'm just thinking like how
0: you can translate that with like the the songs being so I don't want to say they're like chill but they're more like just kind of to to vibe to right that's interesting
1: what was your favorite song
0: um prop I don't know I, I I liked a lot of them about equal um mm-hmm. I like kind of those first four songs a lot and then kind of like the I kind of like the ends way back, coordinate and through the late night, all kind of yep. about the same.
1: He did and the he tried to do this the thing that uh, MF Doom did, you know, with the
0: fucking chemical names. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah. one for the money, two for the better green. Yeah.
1: Yes, and, and in this one, just in case you did you missed it, he does it twice.
0: Yeah, I know, right? It's, yeah, but Kid Cudi yeah. does it, so it's like Kid eh. Cudi does
1: it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, which I suppose if somebody was gonna be rapping about DMT it would be Kid Cudi.
0: Right. And then like Travis Scott doing like the 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 day and night reference.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's kinda
0: cute, whatever. Um, um I thought Beave's in the tra- I thought Beeb's in the trap was hot garbage.
1: Oh really? Yeah. I mean that is one of the more popular songs from this album.
0: I just I don't know, man. It just just talking about hoes and cocaine was not I don't know, yeah. I was like all right I, I get Beamer. it. Yeah, like I, um, I understand, I I got it. It, it reminds me of like uh, Mrs. Officer from Carter Three. It's like I yeah, I, where I, it's... I get it. I no, I, I got it. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, Goosebumps. What did you think of Goosebumps? Because that was the big one. I
0: liked like... Goosebumps. I liked Goosebumps a lot. And I don't I don't want to say that I don't understand how Goosebumps got so popular, but I don't understand how Goosebumps. Jesus Christ. Goosebumps. How, how go- <laughs> I don't understand how Goosebumps gets so popular, but a lot of the other songs of the album doesn't, you know? Right. Like, I think Goosebumps is clearly the standout. I think that that's I'm probably I'm surprised the next...
1: Not the next one. The, the, uh, Pick up the phone? The, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I know that Kendrick Lamar like, being on Goosebumps adds to it, but, like, especially during that time, like, Young Thug and Quavo being on right a song would be more like i think more and that's kind
0: of more where i'm at it's like i totally understand why goosebumps blows up but how do you listen how do you listen to goosebumps and like it and then not like anything else on the album
1: yeah i mean that's i don't know i mean with especially during this 2017 time of when you know when this came out it you can only get so many because people would, you know, take a song and add it to a playlist or take a song and play it at the party, right? Right. They're like, I think a lot of people who listen to that song probably like the rest of the album, but you, but a lot of times it's going to be one or two singles that come from an album that stand out, get added to playlists on Spotify, and then are played ad nauseum. But yeah. they're not like going back and adding more, you know, from the like similar songs. You're not going to see like, through the late night on rack caviar for 14 weeks, like you saw uh, uh, Goosebumps.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, think that's, that's a fair point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this album, this album to me, was the most consistent of the three that I've done so far.
1: For, for, I would say a lot of... Hip hop is also different in the sense that, like, different from metal. I mean, like, different yeah. from the 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 type of album where I'm listening to. Where people who are listening to counterparts are going to listen to it in its entirety.
0: Yeah, oh, like, for sure. In the
1: album's entirety. Right. Whereas a lot of people probably have never listened to this album, but tell them like would tell you I like Travis Scott. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that's
0: that's fair. That's fair. But I mean, I think even. Even saying that, I think that this, this album does a very good job of keeping it all kind of within the same scope. Yep. I mean, I don't like that Biebs in the Trap song. I thought it was awful. Right. I think I just don't <laughs> like Nav. I think I just didn't like any part that Nav was on. Okay. Um. But whatever. But all that to say that I, I think that for the most part, if you pick any song on this album and someone likes it, they'll like any other song on the album you pick. Yeah. And I don't think you can do that with Carter 3 or Extinction Level Event 2. Agreed. So I think that I think that, that also kind of just adds that kind of air of this album's just kind of one to put on and kind of sit back and, you know, vibe to. Mm-hmm. Um So what did you, what did you Oh,
1: I wanted to ask you. Yeah. What did you think about First Take
0: with Bryson and uh, Tiller? I have notes for it but I might okay. have to give it a quick little blast yeah, yeah, to right. remember what the hell song that is.
1: I had to, I had sometimes had to do that too. Uh, was first take, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was the, that was, um, when I got, Bryson the...
1: Tiller is like a, like a R and B guy. Yeah. And, uh, putting like, I, I just, I'm surprised to see them together in the sense that like, I'm not surprised to see Travis Scott, and for 21 savage right. right or quavo or any but bryson tiller was a, a bit of a a stretch for me that was the um, first not a stretch I, I feel like that makes it sound bad but well, just a so break from form
0: maybe yeah other than other than beebs in the trap which i didn't like i'm only saying that just to bring up the, that was the first one i was like the fuck when i got to first take that was the because i listened to sound for the first time on a plane back home so i was like I got the first okay. take. That was the first time where I was like, how much longer do I have in this fucking album? Right. First take drags for me. I don't think it's necessarily mm. bad, but I think that it's way too long. And I think there's this weird, like, vocalization that keeps getting repeated. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. It's like, it's like I feel like it's placed like an ad lib, but it's just like way too fucking much. I don't even know how to describe it, but I think it might be Bryson Tiller just kind of like.
1: Be in there. Way, yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, like that weird, like, echoey thing. I don't know. It just. Yeah. It, it didn't need to be five minutes.
1: Yeah. I agree. Um, and what did you think of uh, going back in the beginning of the album? Yeah. Uh, Black Youngster.
0: I don't know that I could pick out his feature or, like, remember what it sounded like, but I like. I like coordinate. I like coordinate.
1: coordinate. Yeah. Or coordinate. Not court. Is it coordinate or coordinate?
0: I would assume. I don't know.
1: <laughs> coordinate, probably.
0: I like that song a lot. But I don't know that I can think of it. Andre
1: three thousand being on this. Three stacks being on this is crazy to me. Or like cool. Crazy cool. Yeah. Especially in the first song up.
0: No, that song's awesome too, yeah.
1: Yeah. You said you like the first four the best, right?
0: Um not necessarily the best. I think I I mean yeah. What was
1: your favorite song?
0: Uh either um either the ends or goosebumps.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I I, my personal favorite is because I'm a chode through the late night.
0: Yeah, it's like those four the ends way back coordinate through the late night goosebumps pick up the phone and then everything else is like fine. Yeah. Um but okay, so so maybe least favorite? Yeah, yeah beefs. Beefs in the trap. Yeah, 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 I just I don't think I like Nav. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we need to reevaluate here cuz I, I mean was there a reason you picked this album in particular? Because I'm trying to think if albums is even the right approach to take with the hip-hop side. Right. You know? If there's somewhere else we should restructure um, it, or if there was... You think there's still value to it? Or even, see, like, why here's the you problem, picked this it's one like, in general? I don't, yeah.
1: here's, here's... Okay, so first I'll say the reason I picked this in general. One, I think Travis Scott is a superstar in the industry at the moment. Yeah. Right? And to understand... How we got here from like the 2015 to 2020 type stint yeah the name a name that's gonna come up is Travis Scott um I wanted you to listen to Travis Scott because you're also in Houston fair enough um so then I then I was thinking which album do I want him to listen to of Travis Scott I picked this one over rodeo um just because I think it's more trap sounding. Yeah,
0: and the action figure took five months to come out, so, like, what's even the point? Right.
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
1: you know, and I think I personally like more songs off of this album than I like songs off of Rodeo. I know a bunch of, like, Travis Scott fans would probably murder me for that. Um, yeah. But, you know, so that's that's just what I was thinking.
0: Okay. Well, I'm just trying to think, yeah, moving forward, if there's a better way to do it. Um, yeah, maybe, uh... Maybe you have to just like pick a theme. You do a playlist of like ten songs or something. But I don't know if you can keep doing albums or EPs, then we'll fucking keep going. But
1: yeah, I can keep doing albums. Yeah, and fuck EPs you doing it. And well, like fuck that. okay.
0: Well, then let's just. Let's I had just keep the I had one
1: picked out already.
0: Let's fucking do it. Yeah. All right. Well, hey. Then then forget I said anything.
1: And um, this was one that I was like, I I realized that I wanted you to, I wanted this next week's to be, yeah, almost, like the next day after I told you this one. Okay. And I got excited
0: to okay. have
1: you listen to it. Well, we will get
0: to that in a second, but I, I want to okay. make sure that we're good on Travis Scott, good on this album, because mm-hmm. um, I feel like we didn't have. I feel like we always have so many more comments on the heavy album than we do on the hip hop yeah. album. I because I, th- <laughs> yeah,
1: but there's something about it innately. And I'll let you read into that, but yeah, like- I
0: think yeah, I think I think hip hop albums are even a couple years ago were. Kind of like why the fuck are you doing this? You know, right? Like I, it's, a, it's
1: it's a song yeah. based culture, you know, like yeah, and that's moving, right now yeah. as it is, is song based. Whereas right metal and hardcore is album based.
0: Yeah, and I think so, that honestly it's in it's in heavy music's best interest to move to single based, but that's a whole hmm. other discussion. Um, but yeah, man. So, so we, we can we can keep plugging along with it. So what what do you got for me for next week?
1: This this week is 50 cents album get rich or die trying
0: holy shit oh my god <laughs> yeah video game star 50 cent <laughs> <All right. laughs>
1: um holy get f- rich or die trying came Christ. out in 2002 um
0: shit. is that his first album
1: uh no is it i think it is hold on let me check looks like it's his
0: first one on spotify at least
1: yeah. Um
0: Jesus Christ. Okay, fine.
1: Debut studio album. Yeah.
0: I just feel like this is the first album where like if if someone heard me to listen to it I'd actually have to explain myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: I think that like this and this album and then also understanding like just getting a taste of what like what G Unit was. Yeah in hip hop at the time. And then it's also getting you exposed to Eminem without assigning you an actual whole album by him. Fair um, enough. Get Richard. I try. And I know that it sets a couple records, but I want to look that up so I can accurately, um, tell you the statistics about this album. Okay. Cause I don't have them in front of me, but I know that there's a couple statistics that are incredibly impressive about this album. Okay. Um, it has songs that I like. I think that this album might be. Um, it, it would have been a better compliment for a day to remember.
0: As far as like the throwback kind of thing.
1: Yeah, the th- well, the throwback in every song on the album being. For the for better or for worse, being like, a smash hit, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay. And well, at this time, when when this album came out, it was more album and like like album and lp and yeah. uh, collective work oriented so like oh, shit, when you Yeah. So you were you you were picking up you know a a cd with this album and you played it you know what yeah, I mean? they fair didn't enough. have streaming services they didn't have anything like this so when when Eminem at the time who was a massive star who was the you know metaphorical son of Dr Dre Brings onto the scene this metaphorical grandson of Fifty Cent, and this gets announced. Al- like announced.
0: Yeah.
1: The the hype for this album was like almost unprecedented.
0: Okay. Well, or or I'll, even I'll to this out. day, like unmatched. Right. So. Well, now I'm now so, I'm I'm more excited for it than when I thought you were just fucking with me. <laughs>
1: no, I'm not. No, I'm not fucking with you at all. Okay. Um, I will, I, will. I think this will be a good one. Okay. Uh, and it's completely different than Travis Scott. All right, like could not be more different. Perfect. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: So, so sorry, was that it? Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. the, yeah. So I, I, want you to, to tell me because I, I came into it with, this is the thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna assign. Yeah. I don't know if there's one like something, an avenue or like a, a type of album that you think would complement. Richard Dodge on it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot there. Um, and I can't really think of, like, because uh, here's the thing is that I, I can't, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of, like, the weird contextual things that I don't really know that I have a good analog for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just speaking about what album I wanted to go through next, um, I think you're at an interesting impasse with the whole heavy music thing. Because I think that you like heavy music, and you like heavy parts, and I think that there's like a lot there, and and we can kind of keep going down the path you're on, get you more into the melodic hardcore, kind of more metalcore leaning, but still punky and fun and hardcore. Go down that route. Or we can try to take a step back and try to get you to appreciate more of the kind of more metal heaviness. Rather than like the hardcore leaning heaviness, it would Mm -hmm. still be in that metalcore realm, but it would be like there there are things I'm thinking of that you in the past have said that you weren't the biggest fan of. And I'm just trying to Mm -hmm. curious if that would change now with a little bit more context. Because all the bands that I've ever heard you say that you like really like about heavy music, they're all more on that kind of hardcore, punky, fast kind of thing. Right. And they're less on that like more metallic, riffy kind of. Pulling more from traditional metal side of thing, so did you I have, think
1: I want to go for this one. It, it not, not to say that you know keep like in the future we should keep going this trend, but maybe for this week go more metallicy. Okay, not to be confused with Metallica.
0: Right. Okay, so we can go and, and I use metallic very generally because they're you know mm. whatever the fuck. But I'm just talking more of that like riffy, less punky kind of kind of music kind, kind of mm-hmm. heavy music. So okay, so there's a couple albums I'm thinking of. I'm going to give you three kind of general options. We, we can go an album that's going to have those kind of influences but also have like some Actually, no. Okay, we'll we'll, 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 we'll phrase that differently. So there's an album that's going to be a nice in between of what you've already kind of said you liked. And that Mm -hmm. more riffy style. There's an album that's going to be riffy. It's going to have very good lyrics. And it's like so popular it's a meme. Or (laughs) there's an album that I don't know how much you'll like. You're probably going to think it's crazy. But I I feel comfortable recommending it to you for two reasons. The first is that you like Set to Stun somehow. Mm -hmm. And the second is that you brought up a very (coughs) interesting point with the counterparts thing. Of having those like little kind of flourishes and touches and like Mm -hmm. one-offs with the guitar you know Mm -hmm. is that something that you like in songs or they have like that like oh man i I really want to hear that song again for that one very specific note they hit at that one point in time is that something that adds interest to you or is it something you just kind of think is cool and then you don't really
1: i think it's i like when counterparts did it but i don't know that i like would like want an album for that okay um, I kind of want to go with the meme album because this album that I assigned you is in a way a <laughs> meme. Okay. Or it, it has meme flavor to it. Okay.
0: And this, I mean, it's a meme how popular it is. It's a very right. serious fucking album, but. Right. Whatever. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get you on Architects. Okay. And we're gonna do all our gods have abandoned us. Okay. Which there is a lot of context for that album. But I will share that with you off pod because it's going to take a while to get through.
1: Okay. Um, one thing. One thing to note. Um, just so you're aware. Yeah. Uh, I do not want you to watch the 2005 film Get Rich or Die Trying.
0: <laughs> I think I've seen it. Isn't that fucking insane? I think yeah. I've seen it.
1: Yeah. Just. Just so you know. Uh, I mean, you can if you really <laughs> want to. If you really want it. <laughs> and, really and, to and
0: just it. to be clear for the podcast next week I am getting through the uh, smash hit playstation 2 title 50 cent blood in the sand yes okay yes oh my god that came out in 2009 that's so much more recent than I thought
1: yeah yeah no that was, that was four years after the movie which was seven years after the album came out
0: that's fucking wild isn't that uh, fucking insanity that like Fifty Cent made a made a fucking video game and it sold well enough to get a sequel? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Blood in the Sand two.
0: No, no, Blood in the Sand is the second one.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, what's the first one? Bulletproof. Bulletproof, that's right.
0: Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well hey, we will reconvene with these two behemoths of albums. And I will see you next week.
1: Yep. I'll be sending you 50 cent memes throughout the week. Oh, I look forward to it.